Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. So yeah, I'm, I'm back again. I've actually managed to do two consecutive weeks. Go me! <laughs> I also want to thank Electric Boogaloo for the topic this evening. Um, as some of you know, I do accept ideas and suggestions for topics that I can cover on the show. Uh, details at the end of the show on how to get in touch with me if you want to suggest something. Unless you're on the Discord, in which case just message me. Um, we've got quite a few people in the chat today from the looks of it. Uh, who have we got? We've got TCB, Resident SD, Electric Boogaloo, Diane, Frost. Uh, my husband Greyfor is around today. Um, I think Twinnies around. I think they're, they're going to be doing their usual stellar work on social today. So keep an eye on uh, social media to see what Twinny posts about. Uh, so today I am going to be talking about a Sega team who were behind quite a lot of arcade games, and the majority of which were racing games. Uh, they're usually referred to as AM Annex. Uh, AM Annex was formed in 1996 as part of a plan to split up the massive AM3 team, a team which had produced games such as Sega Rally Championship and Manx TT Superbike. Shame Superbike's not here, actually. Hello, wherever you are, Superbike. Probably driving somewhere. Uh, AM Annex's first game was Sega Touring Car Championship, which was brought out in 1996 for the Sega Model 2 arcade board. It was based off the DTM... Oh, oh God. What was I thinking? I put German in this. And I, I know people who are... German or speak very good German and they're all going to mock me because I'm going to completely mangle this pronunciation. <laughs> uh Turnwagen Meisterkraft? Or German Touring Car Championship for those who don't speak German. Um You have a choice of three cars which were used in the 1995 German Touring Car Championship, and these were the AMG Mercedes C Class the Alfa Romeo 155V6Ti and the Opel Calibra V6. Uh, Opel is the brand that's usually referred to in the UK as Vauxhall. As far as I know, they are actually the same. Uh, there is also a fourth available car, which is the Toyota Supra. So I, I'm so glad that my friend Taranea uh, isn't listening to this, as far as I know, isn't listening to this because um, my, my friend and writing partner Taranea uh, is actually German and she would just take the absolute Michael out of me for obliterating that pronunciation. <laughs> I'm slightly more worried about German than I am about Japanese because although my Japanese pronunciation is appalling, I don't really know that many Japanese people. Uh, Resident SD saying, yep, Vauxhall is the brand that Opel use in the UK. I thought it was. I seem, I seem to recall that from somewhere. I'm not sure where I've picked that piece of information up. Probably watching Top Gear. 
Anyway, after you've picked your car and decided on whether or not you want to use automatic or manual transmission, you're taken to a qualifying lap, which will then decide on your position in the first race. So, like, actual racing, then. Uh, Electric Boogaloo is just correcting my pronunciation in the chat. <laughs> uh, where was I? Looping my talk bed, that's what I was doing. So both qualifying lap and the first race take place on the country circuit, which is a simple round track which helps um, you get used to how to play the game. And the second race is on the Grunwald circuit, which despite the name meaning green forest in English, actually has fewer trees than the country circuit. Eh. Uh, Don's saying Japanese pronou pronounce words how they th uh, how they look like they should be. Yeah, um, Japanese transliteration into English, um, the syllables tend to be kind of in pairs. Uh, Grayfor says you could have asked me to say it instead. Yes, I probably could have, but you're... I don't know where you are. Are you in the room? Um, but yeah, let's have some music. Uh, and let the chat quietly roast me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, we've got quite a few requests in this show. Um, so our first two requests in this first block um, from Sega Touring Car Championship. This is Target, which was requested by Greyfall. And then after that we have from NASCAR Arcade Fuel Me by Sons of Angels, better known as Crush 40. And that one was requested by Electric Boogaloo. So, enjoy, and I'll speak to you again after this music break to talk to you a bit more about Sega Touring Car Championship.
are back. And that was NASCAR Arcade at Fuel Me, uh, requested by Electric Boogaloo, and of course performed by Sons of Angels, better known to us as Crush 40. And before that we had from Sega Touring Car Championship, Target, requested by my beloved Grey 4. Hello, love. Hello. Um... <laughs> TCB actually just, like, I think, uh, favorited uh, Target from Sega Touring Car Championship. Uh, Sega Touring Car actually has a, a pretty good soundtrack. Uh, it's worth uh, worth listening to. And, of course, requestable from RadioSega.net. When there's not a live show on. Don't do it now. <laughs> so, uh, the final track from Sega Touring Car Championship is Brick Wall Town Circuit, which my... my Gather by the name is more of a built-up area with various buildings seen in the background. Now I say final track, there is one more track, the Urban Circuit, which can only be accessed if you manage to complete Brick Wall Town in first place. This track is played at night and is considerably more built-up than Brick Wall Town. The tall buildings surround the track and when you're not being dwarfed by these buildings you're flying through tunnels. Completing this track will reward you with the proper ending where you're treated to the game's ending credits, showing the names of all the programmers, designers, directors, and at the very end of the game, of the driver by the three character name you entered when you first started. And Nicholas Amand has arrived in the chat. Hello, Nick! And TCB is saying, hidden gems these racing soundtracks can be. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Sega tends to go really hard on uh, racing soundtracks. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, there's an entire remix album which is just a remix tracks from Sega Racing Games. Now then, where was I? Okay, uh, next up we have Sega Touring Car Championship Special, which was designed a year later, which was very similar to the Sega Rally Special Stage arcade cars. Yes, arcade cars, not cabinets. See, Sega Touring Car Championship Special were actual cars modified to house the arcade game. There was a projection canvas placed in front of the windscreen, and the cars were installed on a platform which allowed a six-axis style movement when you're playing. While the insides of the cars were mostly removed, they did keep the original seats, which also meant that you could have a passenger along for the ride. Which sounds pretty cool. I've never seen one of these in the wild. Um, I'd quite like to at some point. Uh, Nicholas Mann is saying uh, pretty much everything AM Annex through Sega Rosso made was majorly licensed in some way. Either brands like Sega Rally or Soul Surfer or licensed games like Star Wars or Card Captor Sakura. Initial D is both. I'll be getting to that later. Well, some of those later. Um, there, there's so much to talk about in this, I've actually had to split it into more than one episode, so I'm gonna have to go into some of the other later stuff in a, in a future episode. Um, cause there, there's just, there's a lot. Especially when you take into account how many times they change names. Uh, no initial D music in this episode. I'm saving it for, for a future episode. Um, because uh, we're going to be moving away from races for our next segment, but before that, let's have some more music. 
so these are both from Sega Rally games. The first is from Sega Rally 2, and that's Night Grooving. And the next one is Sega Rally Championship Conditioned Reflex. So enjoy those two, and I'll speak to you guys after this music break. To Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24 7.
And that was Sega Rally Championship Conditioned Reflex. And yeah, that's from the arcade version. Um, and before that, we had from Sega Rally 2 Night Groovin'. Uh, I have stirred up controversy. Accidentally. Again. Uh, because I said that um, the Saturn version of the Sega Rally Championship soundtrack is better than the arcade version. And, and a few people have, have taken this badly. The, seg the arcade version is not a bad soundtrack by any means, but the Saturn version is so good that it does make the arcade version lacking by comparison. This is partially because uh, the Saturn version is using um, CD, audio CD quality audio while the arcade version is using a sound chip, which does make a pretty big difference. Um, but yeah, I, I think Electric Boogaloo and Nicholas Man want to fight me. Whoops. As I said, I don't think it's a bad soundtrack, I just think that the Saturn version is just that good. Then I have a bit of a thing for the Saturn version of uh, My Dear Friend Rally, yeah, the, the full vocal version. Whichever version that is. It's favourited on my, um, on my Radio Sega list anyway. Where was I? Uh, yes, so we are steering away from the races for our next game. Ha 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 I am hilarious. Uh, so we have Star Wars Trilogy, which was released in 1998 by Sega AM12, which is another name that AM Annex was known by, because... Reasons. And Nicholas Mudd saying, I think you have a combat phobia? Well, I did fencing for years. I collect swords. No. Ah, <laughs> oh dear. I do not have combat phobia at all. You've completely derailed me again now. Thanks. <laughs> what was I? Ah, dear. So yeah, Star Wars Trilogy. Getting back to where the problem is. Um, Nicholas Amand, you keep using that word and I do not think it means what you think it means. Um, but yeah, uh, the game was released for the Sega Model 3 board and we'll see you taking part in a number of pivotal moments in the Star Wars movies. This includes the Battle of Yavin, where you help take down the Death Star, the Battle of Hoth, as you fight to take down Imperial Walkers, and the Battle on Endor, where you're looking to destroy the shield generator protecting the second Death Star. While the Battle of Yavin sees you fighting solely as a ship in space, the Battle of Hoth has you fighting initially as a ship to take down the Walkers, but then the second stage has you playing on a rail shooter more akin to light gun games as you fight to escape the Hoth base. Make it that far and you'll get to fight like a Jedi in the bonus stage as you fight Boba Fett as Luke Skywalker. I don't remember that from the films, except very, very briefly. Oh well, it's still cool. You'll be given brief indicators on the screen as to which direction to move in, which will move your lightsaber to block or deflect Boba Fett's shots back at him. 
The battle on Endor starts pretty similar to Hoth, with a flight section in the speeder bikes and a gun section where you make your way to the shield generator and defend it while the charges are set. Once you are done, you then have to contend with an ATST as a mini boss fight. We're then treated to another bonus fight, this time against Darth Vader himself. Thankfully, if you're bad at these, this isn't a game over. You just don't get any bonus points for your final score. With the Dark Lord of the Sith defeated, your final mission sees you flying towards the Death Star in an effort to destroy the main reactor. With the galaxy now safe from the dark side of the Force, you can sit back and relax as you churn your scores through each level, and the game's ending credits. Finally, the ranking screen where you can again enter a three-character name for yourself. Sadly, none of the original actors reprised their role in this game, but people took their place did a decent job. And I forgot to loop my top bed, so let's have some music. So from Star Wars Trilogy Arcade, this is The Forest Battle. And then from Card Captor Sakura, a thing I'm not going to try and pronounce, Date Seen in a Dream, requested by Nicholas Haman.
Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. This is Nicolas Aman, the demon ruler of the Radio Sega playlist. And you're listening to... The Hidden Palace. from Cardcaptor Sakura um bloody hell fine I will try and pronounce it Cardcaptor Sakura Tomoyo no video Daisakusen I think um Date Seen in a Dream was the name of the track and that was requested by Nicholas Aman and has apparently been favourited by uh, Resident SD and I think uh, TCB was favouriting something earlier as well so, two faves in one night. I am on a roll. So, thank you to the people who've put requests in. They're apparently popular. Um, Electric Boogaloo is saying, I don't remember if this is the track from the show, because it sounds like it. I assume referring to the Cardcaptor Sakura thing. Um, possibly? It... The original anime, before it got butchered for the English release, uh, did have a really nice soundtrack. Um... Oh, they took everything from the soundtrack albums. Nicholas Aman has just confirmed. Uh, which, of course, our demon ruler of the, of the Radio Sega playlist would be aware. So, there you go. Apparently from the anime adapted for the game cool. I quite like it when that happens. I mean, it's nice when you have original music for a game, but sometimes the music from the, the show is just so iconic. Anyway, let's have a, another game to talk about, and we're still on Star Wars, so a combination of uh, the start of the show and Star Wars with Star Wars Racer Arcade. 
Now, this game was released on the Sega Hikaru arcade system in 2000 by Sega Software R&D Department 5, which is also AM Annex. Because that's not confusing at all. Um, and TCB is a card captors hype. Oh god, it's so bad. Yeah, the the original. Did they actually like release a, an English version that wasn't hacked to pieces? Because if they did, I'd quite like to see it. Because I, I kind of enjoyed card captors, even though it, it clearly had been hacked to pieces. So I'd quite like to see a version that isn't butchered. Um. But yeah, the research for this was such, for this episode was such a pain because AM Annex changed names like eight times. Anyway, uh, so AM Annex became Sega Software R and D Department Five in 1999. Well, that's one hell of a recognizable name, not. So, Star Wars Racer Arcade has you taking place in a pod race. Uh, for those who are uninitiated and are sufficiently blessed to have not seen the prequel movies. Uh, pod racing was seen in the prequel Star Wars movie, The Phantom Menace. And as you may have guessed by the name, you race in low ground flying contraptions known as pod racers. said there's an English version was dubbed in Singapore that's the version that's on the blu-rays these days uh... okay oh, let's see if I can find that loop the door bit there we go so um Star Wars Racer Arcade back to the topic uh, you get a choice of four races and four four tracks all of which are of varying difficulty uh, from Little Anakin Skywalker all the way to Sebulba. While the only racetrack we see in the film is of the band tracks on Tatooine, there are two additional tracks which are based on other planets, and a harder final track on Tatooine. Now, I say that there are four races. You only get access to two initially. Bear in mind this is an arcade game, so the way that they did this was really, really strange. So when the arcade is first installed and turned on, you can access Anakin Skywalker and Sebulba. And the other two races are only unlocked when certain conditions are met. To un unlock a character called Gascano, the game needs to have been played 700 times. Yep. And Bed Quadrinarius? Uh, is unlocked when the expert course is finished at least 50 times. So if you were unlucky enough to only play this when it was first installed at your local arcade, you were a bit out of luck as you would have missed out from playing as the other two racers. Are the chat still talking about Card Caps of Sakura? Yes, they are. Okay, fair enough. And also, the different names that AM Annex. Uh... <laughs> so Nicholas and Man just checked, and apparently, nine different names that AM Annex had over its career. That's that's quite mad. Yeah, that's that's quite wild. So, 
As I mentioned earlier, this is not going to be the last you hear about AM Annex from me, as there's quite a bit more to tell. For one thing, I've not even gone through all of the different name changes yet, so uh, there will be a future episode where I have another look at this team in a future Hidden Palace. And Don's saying that those are some ridiculous uh, unlock conditions. Um, and so was, yeah. They really are. I mean, why why would you do that in an arcade game, of all things? I mean, hidden characters are one thing, but the unlock conditions like that on an arcade game are just bizarre. Oh, there were nine software departments at Sega in 1999. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Uh, but yeah, AM Annex went through another few names, which I'll get into in a future episode. But, uh... Hidden Pal is more like Lava Reef. It's still... There's a level called Hidden Palace in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. And it uses this, so shush. I like the song, leave me alone. And it's been like the lava reef for the past few weeks, because it's been so hot. I thought about bringing Wacky Workbench back, but I was like, if I try and use my soldering iron in this heat, then I will just combust. I mean, I like it warm, but I have limits. Let's move on. So let's have some more music then. So since we've been talking about Star Wars, um, and I couldn't find the music from uh, Star Wars Racer Arcade, I could find the Dreamcast version, but then I remembered that there was the Master System version of Star Wars, and it has a really sweet uh, chiptune version of uh, some of the music, so I'm going to play from Star Wars on the Master System, Jedi or Cadet. And then, because uh, Electric Boogaloo mentioned it earlier, I'm going to play a track from Cosmic Swatch, Smash, which is Introducing Challenge. So enjoy those, and uh, I will speak to you after this for Chiptune Corner.
I'm Resin SD, host of Lay and Live. And when it comes to boosting your Sega education, there's no better place than the Hidden Palace on Radio Sega. from Cosmic Smash. Smash? I can say words. I have been drinking cider, so that's probably why. So Cosmic Smash, I can say words, introducing Challenge, and then from before that we had from Star Wars on the Master System, Jedi or Cadet. And uh, TCB posted a gif of uh, a little ditto from Pokemon um, that looked like it was dancing to the beat of the Star Wars track. So, the Discord chat has gone into tinfoil hat Pokemon fan theories about Ditto and Mew being related. I got nothing. I, I don't know enough about Pokemon to um, comment on this. I mean, the first Pokemon game I actually completed was Pokemon X, so, nah. There's only so many ways you can mispronounce Smash. You, you, you underestimate me. Challenge accepted. No, not really. <laughs> Let's move on to the chip tune corner there, shall we, before things get any worse. Uh, today's entry into the chip tune corner has a bit of a troubled history with their name. 
They were originally formed in 2007. This electronic rock and chiptune outfit originally went under the name Starscream. Which those who know me well will know that that's the name of my favourite Transformer. In fact, I can look up over my monitor and see a massive picture of him. In 2012, the band were forced to change their name after legal threats, which were not from Hasbro, as you would expect, but instead from a metal group called Starscream, which is spelt with a K instead of a C. Because poor literacy is cool, apparently. They are now known as Infinity Shred, and you can check out their work at their website at infinityshred.com. I will drop the link into the Discord chat, and I am sure that... Dear Twinny, we'll put it up on the social media at some point. So I'm going to play a track from uh, Infinity Shred when they were still known as Starscream, and this is The Rad Truth About Hockey Fights, which is a one hell of a name. So enjoy that, and I will speak to you again after this to finish out the show.
we are back! And that was Starscream, aka Infinity Shred, the rad truth about hockey fights. Um, yeah, their website has a weird thing on the left-hand side where it kind of has a, a, a texture that moves if you hover your mouse over it, so be careful if you go to their site and that's a problem for you. So, that's mostly it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. As I mentioned earlier, I will probably be talking more about AM Annex and the various other names that they've gone by in a future episode. If you have any ideas for an episode topic, you can contact me through Twitter, where I am at Blazing Skies. Or you can reach me through Discord, where I am Skyblaze42, hash 5499. Or you can reach me through the official Radio Sega, Twitter, or Facebook pages. And... Oh, I was going to mention something before. I know a random fact about um, Cardkeeper, uh, Cardcaptor Sakura. Um, the cards that she has to get in that are the uh, the Cloud cards, which are named after the guy who created them, who is called Cloud Reed. The reason that he's called that is because if you say the uh, the name Crowley, as in Alester Crowley, in a kind of vaguely stereotyped Japanese accent, then it sounds like. Reed. So that's why he got that name. So, I've been Skyblaze and this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. We've got one last track to go out on. And because I've been talking about racing games a lot, from Sonic R, can you feel the sunshine? Take care everybody, good night.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.